Welcome to The Vantage Point. This is Jews for Life podcast, The Vantage Point. I am your host, Azandi, and we want to welcome you back for another week here with us. Um, we have another very special guest today. He is no stranger to The Vantage Point. We have with us Reverend Dr. A.J. Varma, also known as Basesh Haruhotep Tar. And today's discussion is around what happened to the fight. What happened to the fight of Nubian people? Um, it seems like we lost that, that oomph, that pushback. And with everything happening around us, we should have some sort of pushback to all of the killings and things that are happening every day. So we want to get into this topic and speak about first, I just wanted to ask you a couple questions about illusion. Um, I've been, I was I'm part of the piece of the puzzle series, as you know, and one of the things that you've been speaking about is we live in a world of illusion. Um, nothing around us is real. We're not perceiving the reality. Um, and living in a fictitious world, in my opinion, that causes us to be in a state where we're unable to fight because we don't understand what we're fighting for. We're seeing things that aren't really reality. So, and I know I came in just kind of hitting you with, with all of this. So I'm sorry, I didn't give you a warm up, no warm up today, <laughs> just because we're a little behind. So um, I kind of want to just jump in the topic and just ask you to kind of explain a little bit from your perspective, from what you've seen um, and what you encounter on a daily basis. What has happened to us? What? Why are we living in a state of illusion? Kind of explain more in depth. What is going on, please? Well, well. First of all, thank you for having me here at the uh, Jewels for Life podcast, the Vantage Point. It's my honor to be here uh, today. Uh, to get right to it, as you said, because we're pressed for time. Part of the problem is there's an old saying that the revolution will not be televised. This idea of the revolution will not be televised. It's from uh, one of the great orators. He used to say that. And the reality is because we've become so inundated with media, so inundated with uh, internet, Facebook, so inundated with television and, and uh, magazines, and the way the televisions and the magazines and the newspapers and the internet, the way it's being misused to change people's mindset. So anything that we don't see on TV, anything that the the social media influencers are not promoting, suddenly it's not seen. It's not that the revolution is not occurring, the awakening, the liberation of melanated people, is that the, we cannot expect the revolution or the awakening of melanated people to be televised by the system that you're fighting against, right? The system, what you're doing here on the Jewels for Life uh, 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 podcast, the, the Vantage Point, what you're doing here on the Vantage Point on this segment is you are televising aspects of the revolution. Other other revolutionary minds like yourselves that are out there that are taking a messaging and a messaging and messaging, you are the ones that are allowing people to know that the fight is never stopped. It's ongoing. We are making leaps and bounds. We, we are making the strides, but you cannot expect the enemy, right? The, the, the enslavers, the colonists, and I'm not talking about every white person, I'm talking about those people who are enslaving and colonizing our people to this day. You can't expect them to use their media 
attachments or their media uh, portions of who they are to expect them to take your doctrine, your way, your fight, and and make it show that you're you're winning. That would go against the very propaganda. Now, you mentioned uh, what is it that you know? What what's the thing that we lost? Well, unfortunately, the revolution is not televised on their stations. But it is being televised through different social media platforms. But most people are suffering from a thing that many have heard before, but may not really have a, a full comprehension of called cognitive dissonance. You know, if I say cognitive dissonance to most people, they will think of someone like maybe a Michael Jackson, who, because of his skin, they'll say he had vitiligo and he had to, well, uh, there's nice stories, right? But at the end of the day, the chopping of his nose and the lips and the ears and the this and the jawbone and the chin and the hair and all of these things that him and other people in the that, that have the money to afford it are doing nowadays is called getting bodied up or bodied. I don't even know the right term, but people are going out and having all these augmentations done to their bodies. This is a part of the cognitive dissonance that people suffer from. But the way cognitive dissonance works, it's first and foremost, it says, not me, everyone else. See, everyone else is under the spell. Everyone else is under the illusion. Everyone else is a slave mind. Everyone else is not in the fight. Everyone else, but me, I'm good. I'm righteous. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm high power. I'm, I'm in this thing to win it. But in fact, cognitive dissonance, what it says is that you see the truth. And this is something I say constantly to those who are around me or who are studying with us. I say, you see the truth. You recognize the truth. You know what you're looking at, but because you don't like what you're looking at, it's not comfortable to look at. It's not a thing that makes you feel at ease with it because of the responsibility that truth brings. See, if, if, if I'm a parent and I accept the reality or the truth that sending my child to a school system to be purposely miseducated, if I fully accept that, then I'm going to do what's necessary to teach my child at home, but not just teach them consciousness, but make sure they're academically beyond the, the grade that they're supposed to be in so that they right. can function in the world successfully, though not be addicted and caught up in that world. So before I do that, I say, well, you know, homeschooling don't work. You know, I read this study that says that, you know, some kids that get homeschooled, they kind of get a disconnection from the public system. It's not that I think that, but is that it allows me to continue to send my lion to the uh, hyenas to be educated or to the jackals. So a lot of us in many ways and forms and fashions, we're struggling and suffering from cognitive dissonance because we've allowed the society or we call racism, white supremacy, or the Indo-Arab, Indo-Aryan, Indo-European, Indo-Oriental in your neighborhoods. We've allowed them to hijack our psyche, specifically a portion of the brain called the hippocampus or hypocampus area of the brain, the portion responsible for hallucinations. So then we start to imagine uh, uh, surrealness, right? We start to imagine things that are not real, but we are imagining the surreal as being real. So we believe that, you know, in ancient times, we could levitate and fly across the room. We're like, no, that's Magneto. He's in episode the first, you know, the first class of X-Men, right? You know, we can sit and do like this with our mind. I'm like, no, no, you better off building Cerebra and wear that on your head. That's more realistic. That's more uh -huh. like you can use that, but we think we're going to do like Xavier. I know I'm bald, but right? You know, <laughs> we're going to read everybody's mind. And mm -hmm. that's just not real. We come from technologically advanced societies. Mm -hmm. The mound builders of Alabama, Moundsville, Alabama, the Seminole Native Americans with their mounds. Mm -hmm. 
the mounds of Tiwanaka, the pyramids of Mexico, Peru, the mounds of Belize, the pyramids, the pyramids of Nubia, the pyramids of Nimba in Liberia, all of these great mirats, the walls of Zimbabwe, all of these were technologically advanced societies, not just African, not just ancient African, not just spiritual Africa, but technologically advanced that you cannot replicate today without educating yourself both in the school and out the school, you won't be able to replicate what they did. They had technology. We don't want that. We want surrealism. We've, we've come to become so mentally hijacked and, and become little white girls and little white boys walking around in black skin, little white boys and girls. And it's not me saying it's a young lady, a young woman or, or a woman, a white woman. She wrote a book called White Fragility. White fragility is another way of saying a little white boy, a little white girl suffering from cognitive dissonance. You know, mm -hmm. I've said to uh, our students at the Holy Coptic Church of the Black Messiah, we've said to people that, you know, you'll see kids walking around in the supermarket, little white girl have a full ballerina outfit on or a full Cinderella princess and they're the princess and they're moving around the shopping cart and they're twirling and, and you like this kid's yeah. somebody, will somebody stop this they're like no it's her imagination no she really believes she's a princess and the kid will walk through he has his robin mask on and his cape and he's walking around and he's shooting webs at you pew, pew, and you're looking like and other adults humor and go ah and they start you're like dude this is gonna have problems <laughs> is going to come, he's going to get into a fight on the schoolyard, and he's going to try to go pew, pew, and shoot webs on the other kid. They're going to knock him out, and now he's mad, and he grows up to become a cop. Now, I know you're laughing, but mm -hmm. the cop who killed Michael Brown, go back and listen to his testimony. He said, when I had to fight him, it was like I was fighting Hulk Hogan. This huh. old man, no, this is in his testimony. He said, it was like, no, he said, excuse me. He said, it was like I was fighting the Hulk. He said, Michael Brown, if you Google it, anybody, he said, I was fighting him and I looked into his eyes and it was like I was fighting the Hulk and the prosecution didn't go, wait a minute, you're a grown man. You do know the Hulk is not real. You do mm -hmm. know the example, but the fact that all the white people went, yo, I can understand that you can fight a black person. It's like fighting the Hulk. Hulk is not real. You know, I, I sang this song, Doc Bruce Banner, turned on by Gamma Race. It is not real. But this grown man who was given a gun and a license to kill and to arrest other people believed that a boy at 17 years old who was a little bit bigger than him was fighting the Hulk, a man uh. Turns from regular to green and jumps from city to city and lifts up cities and fights everybody and Hulk smash. That's what he's trying. He used that as the example. He didn't say it's like I was fighting a, a drug induced person. He didn't say I was fighting a crazy man. He said I was fighting the Hulk. He's suffering from cognitive dissonance. He took the Hulk, which obviously was his favorite uh, uh, cartoon or comic book, and was mm -hmm. able to sell that to the jurors, most of whom were white. And they went, yeah, I can understand. That must, yeah, I know what that would feel like. Because every time I see a black person, I clutch my purse because I think I'm looking at Green Lantern. And then they've done that. And now black people because we want to live in their image and likeness. Now we're walking around thinking about the Hulk and Superman and Batman, and we're in relationships looking for surreal. Okay. Wait, wait a minute, wait, wait a second, please. I'm sorry, please. <laughs> 
Wait a second. And because you just said a lot, and it may be my fault because I started off like boom, boom, boom. Okay, let's yeah, do it. Said, boom, boom, boom. I said, I was I going. Was <laughs> so that's my fault. Let me let me slow it down a little bit, take it back because you said a lot. Um, and and for those who don't know who are just tuning in for the first time, Dr. Varma is it's an honor to have him on today. Um, he's the author of over 70 books. He's a reverend at the Holy Coptic Church of the Black Messiah. He's taught all around the world. This is what he does. So getting this information from him is one of a valuable and a very reliable source. And I want us to kind of take the conversation slow so we can absorb every piece of what's being said because we went from this to the hawk. So are you saying you you at you you mentioned that we're little white boys and little white girls? So are you saying because we live in an environment with them that we begin to take on their image and likeness, as you mentioned, we begin on to take on their characteristics, or are you saying what what exactly are you saying? Well, I'm saying the very thing that we all know. If the old adage, you are what you eat, then it must also be you are what you drink. You are what you smell. You are what you hear. You are what you see. You are what you touch. The way your brain or my brain or our brains work is whatever we come in contact with, the brain is constantly taking these visual or external images or sensations and attempting to interpret them. Somehow, a program from back in the 50s and 40s, MK Ultra and Project Red Blue Beam and, and so many other programs that the CIA and other uh, bodies had worked on, somehow they have mastered it, the HARP program, and they're able to manipulate 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the sensory organs of people, specifically black people. And they've created it or done it in such a way that we are, and this is, this is part of why we do the International African Holocaust Month every year in October, and we'll get into it as you will. But these people have mastered the art of mind manipulation. They'll tell you, any person listening in, that the most misdiagnosed people from the psychiatric associations are black men. And, that, and, and, and white men, they say black men are misdiagnosed as schizophrenic and white men are misdiagnosed as PTSD. So if you know white men are being misdiagnosed with PTSD when they are in fact schizophrenic and black men are being misdiagnosed with schizophrenia when in fact many are PTSD, then someone is swapping their consciousness, swapping their perspective on life, swapping their behavior with you and I. Those of us old enough or who are able to research know that the behavior in the black community as far as the, the the young and old and hangout culture and tattoo and swapping and and all the stuff that we're doing this crazy behavior 
this was something when I grew up, I was born in 73 and I grew up at a time when we knew that that was the stuff, the, the Hells Angels Bikers Club. That was the stuff, the white kids, they were into, you know, grunge dancing and slam dancing and surfing the crowd, getting passed around and smoking all kinds of drugs. And that the MK Ultra program was designed one of the programs were designed to to topple what was called the hippie generation of white kids who were anti the establishment. So MK Ultra and the CIA had whole hearings on this with the Senate. So it's not it's not something I'm making up. It's documented, and they've had a project. They said we're going to focus on destroying the hippies because hippie culture was a, was destroying the American fabric. Hmm. As they destroyed it, they put billions of dollars, not me saying it, into country western music and started putting country western awards on TV, the CMA awards, and they focused on CMTV, country music television, and line dancing in the 80s and 90s, even in the early 2000s, line dancing became very big and they pushed white kids back to listening to country music or they had David Blueband or Blueband, Blueband coming out and they, they focused that and then they had the other guy and, and all these John Mayer and they were focusing getting white kids to listen to music again. But while that was happening, they were sampling rock music, putting it in black music and now black rap or hip hop or what we, which is not really even hip hop culture, but what has become now known as hip hop culture is more rock music, rock behavior, tattooings, drinking, smoking, desecrating women, desecrating men, doing all kinds of sadistic and hedonistic behavior. Somebody used the same program from MK Ultra and said, we're going to focus on the black community and now black people are no longer in our right mind. We're not just thinking in their image and acting in their likeness. Most blacks, unfortunately, have become, I'll use the term blackish. We've become white people in black skin. And we've got to now stop each of us and look in the mirror. And I'm not just talking about my shirt and my clothes or my hair alone, though that is the first thing that you will see, but look in your eyes and say, why am I behaving the way I'm behaving? Not, well, it's my freedom I have a right to do. That's true. You have the right to jump off the building, but I don't see a bunch of people doing it. You follow? We're doing it. We're, 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 we're destroying ourselves. And the great teacher, her name was Frances Cress Watson. She wrote what was called the ISIS paper. She had a mentor named, who's still alive, Neely Fuller. And these are our babies or barbers or popes, if you will, in the tonism. And they told us this day would come. You now have black men walking around wearing women's clothing, sleeping with men, being effeminate, and it's being glorified as if it's something good. What we're calling progress is actually the total decline of a group or, or of people in a nation of people. We are, we are, we're declining. Why would be the question? Why would someone do this? Francis Cress Wilson taught us that they're talking about racism, white supremacy for the purposes of white genetic survival. They're trying to make sure that they survive. She alone didn't say it. Elijah Muhammad said it. Marcus Garvey, uh, uh, Winnie Mandela, Nelson Mandela, uh, Toto Schomburg, Dr. Ben, Dr. Clark, Marimba Annie, Van Sertima, and so many of our greats, uh, Renoka Rashidi, they are struggling with the fact that they cannot reproduce, that whites in the world are the minority. This is a fact. They're not just a minority, but they are a declining in number 
upper minority because they're unable to give birth to an abundance of children. So when that happens, they have to convince you and me to follow their behavior so that our numbers will decline or if or in, even if we have children, if our minds aren't right, we're not producing quality children. We're just producing bodies to further fuel our very enslavement and subjugation. Okay. Now, um, just going back for a second to what you said, because I can hear it in my head. After this show has ended, um, I'll have people saying, well, we don't act like white people. You know, if I go to the supermarket, my kid isn't falling out and acting crazy and cursing at me. And we our kids are different than theirs. We don't act like white people. So how exactly are we acting? What are these behaviors of the European? Well, the, the reality is people say we're not acting about acting like white people. Let's ask the question the other way. In what way are you acting like indigenous people? That's my. See, I, I, I'm a different kind of thinker. I don't. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to approach it because if you keep approaching it from the same direction, we never see it. it. Let's look at indigenous culture, Native American, before Columbus, since Columbus, indigenous culture. What does it say? Indig indigenous Caribbean culture. What does it say? Indigenous South American culture. What did it say? Indigenous African culture, Asian Pacific, Hawaiian, whatever. Take your pick. What did these indigenous cultures have? One. They had spiritual practices, religions, if you will. Do we observe those spiritual practices and religions in the way in which those indigenous cultures had it? Full stop. Not the little piece, not the not the tattoo, not the hair comb, not the not the little one item. Fully answer no. All right. Do we speak any indigenous languages other than the language of the enslavers? No. Answer. No. Okay. Do we have any indigenous music that we produce other than the, the, the music of the enslaver? Answer, no. Do we play any instruments like we used to? Answer, no. All right. Do we dress like the indigenous in any way, form, or fashion on a consistent basis? Answer, no. So we eliminate language. Do we eat foods as indigenous people, the buffalo, the this, the that? Do we raise gardens? Do we grow gardens? And No. So we don't produce food. We don't produce music. We don't produce language. We don't produce. So, And if we're not producing all of the things that make us a people, then what have we become? Hmm. We've become little white people. See, now, Europeans came out of Europe. The Europeans who came out of Europe, came out of the caves of the Caucasus Mountains, came out of the ice caps of Greenville, I mean, Greenville, Greenland, right? Those people, what did they have? Did they have language? Yes. What was their language called? Glug. The first caveman language was recognized as glug. They said glug. <laughs> now, black people walk around, hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? Yo, what's up, fam? Yo, yo, what's up, man? Uh -huh. You're speaking glug. All right, so we that's they came in, took your languages, constructed mm -hmm. one for themselves, and then stripped you of language. Did they have food? No, they was in there eating raw flesh. They didn't mm -hmm. have food. Now they control your food. Your bananas they control coming from Chile and other countries. Your mangoes they control. Your but your your plantains they control. Your coconuts they control. Your water they control. Your chocolate coming from Ivory Coast and Cote d'Ivoire and Sierra Leone and Guinea they control. All the foods we eat they control. All the music. So they came out of Europe with nothing. 
except a mythological belief system in a sky god called Odin or a sky god called another interpolation of Odin called Zeus, a sky god, another interpolation of Zeus called Jupiter and these Olympians and these pantheons, they came out with that and they had to because when you have nothing, you, you, you fantasize of what you could have. We all grew, those of us who were poor, we used to sit in the window and watch the cars go by. That's my car. No, that one's mine. No, that's my car. No, that blue one was my sword. And we used to argue because when you have nothing, then you create a fantasy of what you want to have or what you may have. Well, they did the same. While in Europa, with no food sources, no uh, 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 reproductive, proper reproductive resources, bubonic plague wiping them out, no musical resources, all of the things that you had in Africa, the Caribbean, North America, South America, that they didn't have, they had to create a make-believe world of what it would be like to have it. When we die, we're going to go to heaven with pearly gates, pearls, Africa and Asia, etc. With with streets paved in gold, Africa, Asia, with diamonds and rubies. They were walking around with lead, getting lead poisoning, wearing it as crowns. They did that. Now they come out, they invade you who have all the things that they dreamed about, usurp that power, steal it from you and I, and then give us the myth. And now what are we doing? That's my car. Yeah, one day I'm going to be a uh -huh. famous rapper and I'm going to be famous and I'm going to be, I'm better. I'm going to be LeBron James. And we are now fantasizing and doing what they, we've become, white children in uh -huh. black They've swapped their European culture mythos or their European myths or mythos, and they've swapped it for our ethos. You had an ethos. Your ethos was a system of culture by which things function. A mythos is a make-believe world by which you, what you would like it to be. So now black people, you know, I can't wait till they just stop killing us. You know, I, I don't know why the police, they got to have better training because they keep killing us. Yeah, you know, we, we, we have food deserts in our neighborhood. I hope they give us the grants to get we are hoping and the praying and the wishing and that wasn't african african theology cosmology and belief we got up and we did for self european mythos has now replaced our ethos and we're no longer the ethos we're no longer the ethnics we're no longer the culture we have now become the mythological people and we are walking around as a whole but the revolutionaries as you started the conversation today, the revolutionaries around the globe are standing up. The revolutionaries are linking up. The revolutionary spirit of truth is moving. It's in South Africa, it's in Zimbabwe, it's in Botswana, it's in Mozambique, it's in Zaire, it's in Ecuador, it's in Peru, it's in Bolivia, it's in San Salvador, it's in El Salvador, it's in New York, it's in Philadelphia, it's in LA, it's in Chicago, it's in DC, it's in London. It's moving black people through the technology such as this program program, the Vantage Point, the Jewels for Life podcast, it, this is starting to reach people. And so we are shifting the tide and they're going to try to distract you and me and try to make it all about Black Lives Matter. Because once they said Black Lives Matter, all the white people joined it, made it look like they cared. And now it's like, yeah, all lives matter. We're going to fight for you, dude. And I'm looking like, oh, we fell. We're going to fall. Um, again. But the I, revolutionaries like yourself, like others that are out here, it's making a dent. If it wasn't making a dent, they wouldn't spend so much energy in trying to stop it. What is a revolutionary? Because I feel like that term has been watered down. You know, we have people that are not really living a cultured life as you described it to be. And, you know, they 
they say I'm black, black lives matter, or they go to one rally, they go to one thing and they claim to be a revolutionary. So what is a true revolutionary, especially because you've seen what a true revolutionary was at a time when, you know, we haven't, we, we, didn't, we weren't there. So what was a revolutionary well, then and what is it now? Well, a revolutionary has to be determined by what the word itself means. Revolution, mm -hmm. revolve, to go back, to turn back to a time when you were in your right mind with your own culture, with your right languages, with your right behavior, with your right goal, with your right education, with that which is right for you. So a true revolutionary has to, for 2022, as I think it should have always been, right, has to be those that say Sankofa. Go back to go forward. Umbutu. Go back. To, I am because you are. Namastu. I, I acknowledge this divinity in you. The principle of turning back, we say retrace the past, blueprint the present, foretell the future. To retrace mm -hmm. the past, we've got to look at the past at what mistakes were made so we don't repeat them and what things successes were achieved so that we replicate those. True revolutionaries have to first and foremost be those who study history, not to glorify ourselves, but to make sure what, again, things successors were made that we may repeat them, what mistakes were made that we may recognize those mistakes and avoid them. That's phase one of revolutionary. Revolutionary also has to be the type of person that says we will do everything for ourselves, not just buy black. Buy black, read black, sleep black, eat black, copulate with black, learn from black, share with black. And I don't mean every black person. No, I don't just mean every person that got a little bit of melanin. We're going to work with you. No, look for those that are in the image and likeness who think and behave in a way of revolution. All others could be a threat. All others could end up being a little white girl or a little black white boy in black skin and can topple the revolution. So, and that's something the the revolutionary spirits of night of the sixties and seventies they didn't do. They thought every black person was down for the cause, and a lot of people were sent in to infiltrate and destroy it. So we can't make that mistake. We're not talking about going out getting guns, killing nobody. But if you do come and my gun is legal, you try to hurt me, I'm gonna shoot back. That. You know, okay. that's righteous indignation. That's the mm -hmm. you know Christmas addicts. That's the Boston Tea Party. That you know what I'm saying. So we understand mm -hmm. that. However, it revolutionary uh, mentality also says we got to grow our own food. Yes. You can't depend on your enemy to feed you and then think you're going to have any type of liberation taking place. I don't mean revolution because I know they're hearing it now. He's talking about bringing out. We're not talking about the fools that went up there in January. Them white guys and climbed into people's offices. Right. Um, that them that's a, that's not what we're talking. Revolving back to a better time for black people when we could do for ourselves. Black businesses must be established where we only buy from each other. We need our own little grocery stores, little bodegas like they call them in New York, little small corner shops. Get back to that. We only buy from each other. Black people in America, every, last year in 2020, spent two years ago, spent 1.6 trillion dollars. Black wow. people in the United Kingdom spent $300 billion. That's not me. This is their stats. So between the two, between 1.6 and 3, we hit almost $2 trillion. We'd be the eighth to ninth greatest economy on the planet. Now, how do we keep some of that in our community and directly benefit from all of that? We've got to start buying from each other, opening up our own, and being able to see things through. We open a business, and if, or we have a business idea, and if it don't work in six months, we put it down. No, mm -hmm. we 
we know a business takes up to five to 10 years to really be popping, I guess they would say today. So we wanted to pop. I'm going to start talking like I'm hip <laughs> or cool or whatever, right? <laughs> I use the word hip, obviously not. Right? But if we want it to pop, if we want our business to make the jump, if we want, we've got to see it through. Mm-hmm. Like people register a business idea, six months later, we, we've thrown it down. So we've got the revolutionary, or we, we prefer the word liberation, revolutionary to revolve. Instead of evolving, what they're telling us is progress is actually evolution. It is the decadence and decay of a people. Following them, if you're following a man who can no longer reproduce, thus will become extinct, we're bringing about our own extinction by following him, her, they, and them. We cannot keep behaving like them. And we have to understand that cognitive dissonance means they've placed a portion of themselves in our minds through television, the mass media uh, abduction or, or, or hijacking of the hippocampus area. We've got to quarantine that behavior, understand where that behavior, hallucinations of what we're going to do and how we're going to this and trying to be like them, and then use the rest of the brain, the, the, the uh, cerebellum and the cerebrum and those other portions of the brain to curtail that adverse behavior and begin to think like Garvey again, like Elijah Muhammad again, like Baba Tumre again, like Martin Luther King again, like Malcolm again, like like Schomburg or Toro, like Van Sertima, like Cress Wilson, like Barimba, and start taking the, the the teachings of of the great Clonora Hudson Wings. Start, you know, what I'm saying, doing those things in real time, not talking about it. Actually, saying, I'm going to live this no matter what. I'm going to teach this to my family. I'm going to exude this in my day to day life, and no matter what, I'm staying the course. Once enough of us start doing that and start living that and living our truth, the the natural course of events are going to. Let me ask you, please, um, because this fictitious world that you described, it's glittery, it's glitter, it's gold, it's 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 attractive. People want it. They want to be a part of it. I need the next Benz. I need the next Sadie's. I need to hit the strip. I need all, you know, it looks good. It sounds good, right? So, and, we're not, and we're not saying they shouldn't have that. If that's, what, if that's the okay. thing that's for them. What I'm saying is if I'm a rapper and I get the latest Benz, open up a Mercedes-Benz dealership. There's a white rapper, I forget his name, but he does all the grills for everybody. Hmm. Something Paul, right? There's a rapper, okay. Something Paul. I forget the rest. I'm not into that world, but his name is Something mm-hmm. Paul. He's a rapper, white guy. Mm-hmm. He's the one that does all the grills. He has a black wife and they do all the grill, the gold glitter. He does the, all of that. So he well, he wore the grills, but then took as a white guy, took his money from the rap songs, bought grill making equipment, and now all the rappers go to him to get their grills. That's what I'm talking about. You're going to rock the Mercedes-Benz, control the Mercedes-Benz dealership at least, and then use some of those dollars to put back into your community. Right. You understand? Okay. Everybody got a role to play. I'm not telling everybody to stop what you're doing and come do what I'm doing. If that's mm-hmm. your lane, but at least understand your lane in this game that we're playing. Play but the now, hand would someone want to go that hard to acquire money to put back into the community if they don't see the benefit in being cultured, a benefit in Black upliftment and Black growth? What is so attractive no, about no, the culture that you're describing, the culture that we no, should let's bypass do? that. No, I don't, I, don't, okay. I don't approach people with, you should see it from the benefits of culture. Bump culture. For this person, I'm going to talk to them a different way. Okay. You got children? Yeah. You love them? Yeah. 
if you don't do this, they're going to die impoverished. What do you mean? Most middle-class blacks one generation later are back in the hood. That's a truth. The studies have been done from Yale University in Princeton. Most middle-class black families within one generation are back in poverty. How? Because you were so focused on getting yours that you didn't understand your children are going to have to enter. T.I., there's a big conversation about T.I.'s son right now. T.I., yeah. one of his sons is buck wild, about to go to jail. T.I. Yeah. did a thing. He said, look, I done tried every way with this boy. He going to have to learn the hard way. I've done that life. He don't have to do that life. I know him at his core. I know that's not him, but there's nothing I can do. Now, here's T.I., world-renowned. Did all the albums, did conscious songs, did unconscious songs, been in the clubs, been all around the world. He's known when he walks into a room, been on Oprah, been on Steve Harvey. He's known what happened to his kid. He didn't know, though he was doing all of the, I forget the name of his show with Tiny and T.I. and they had, they had to show the family mm -hmm. stuff. While they were doing that, he did not ensure that his son's friends were getting some type of mental upliftment. Now, those same kids have led his son astray. Let's look right. at Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre paid in full. His son overdoses on drugs and dies in the room next to him and his wife. Let's look at uh, Master P. These are all, all the names. Look at all these names. Right. 50 cent. Look what's going on with his son. So you can get all this money in the world. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? You lose your children. So I'm not going to talk to them about doing it for the black power, the black community and the culture. You're going to lose your kid. Mm. And if you are OK with losing your kid, then there's nothing I can say, because every species, including the bacteria, you want the food shelter and reproduction you protect your reproduction you protect your next generation so if you see master p lose his daughter in a sad sad situation she overdoses on drugs but when he was advocating drugs when he was promoting drugs in his songs did he kick back into the now he's doing it he's now involved in and thankfully you know because some people most of us would have just broke and gave up but he said no right. my daughter od i'm going to take my money now i'm going to invest in programs to help kids but imagine if he could have done that earlier on his daughter may still be there imagine if dr dre had taken his money and done that earlier on his son would still be here imagine if ti had put that into the community earlier on his kid and put his kid in leagues around other kids that you were influenced but he didn't know but now that we know better do we have to go through it they're going to do better, each of these gentlemen, these, these great men, is what they're trying to do. But now, do I need to go through the same thing? Do I sit back and let my daughter and my son? So we got to have, it's a different kind of conversation. You don't topple the, the, the beast. You don't topple the illusion by approaching it from the same way. I will never say the expected answer. My answer is always going to be, let's come from a different way because my first language wasn't English. So okay. I don't see so then wrong. can I push back, please? All right, can push I back. Push back. Okay. Let's go. Push. <laughs> <laughs> because you mentioned um, T.I., right? Um, and a person would say, well, T.I. did acquire money. He, he used it and he put it back into his community. He's putting out conscious songs. You mm -hmm. said he, did, he didn't put it back, the actual education portion, into the peers of his children, right? right. Mm -hmm. But that's a component that was missing. Now, if he does that and his child still goes astray, then it must be another component missing. No, no, no. Culture aspect. Right. It's a component, but what we're doing as black people is see, we, we have a mantra mm -hmm. that Neely Fuller talked about. Uh, Dr. Kaba Kamani gave us the mantra, the way to remember it, the acronym, and it's called REL Cell Web. And what that means is it's R E L S E L W E P. And it says religion, 
they attacked first, or spirituality. Economics, they attacked next. Labor, they attacked next. Your sex and your gender specifics for the next generation, then your education, then your law, then your ability to defend through war and or security, then your entertainment, then your politics. So all of us listening in and those who may see this 100 years from now, perhaps, must understand you cannot pick, pick a piece of it. You must get all of the pieces to the puzzle and make sure that everything we do, understand they're all interconnected. So yes, I may do this for my child, but if I don't make sure that the R-E-L-S-E-L-W-E-P, if I don't ensure the entire Relsel web, the one thing I leave out, that's what the enemy's going to go with. And that's the thing he's going to use to bring us down. We, and that's how all great nations of people think. We don't, we can't think in a linear way. Linear means I do step one, then step two. And then once I finish step two, I do step three. And then once I finish step three, I do step four. That's linear. A holistic way of looking at things or an overview way of looking at things or a reasoning way says I must do the religion simultaneously with the economics, simultaneously with the labor, but I may not give each one the same amount of focus, but I must give each a little bit. So if I give 50% to labor, I take the other 50% and divide that between, excuse me, to religion, I take the other 50% and divide that equally or in percentages, but I have to be simultaneously doing all of them and bringing them each up. So this year, 50% of our focus is religion, 10% is economics, 11% is this. And by the time I get to P, that's a percentage. So in year one, we do it that way. Year two, the religion is stronger. So I can take from that 50%, I can move 9% over to politics because I met this politician, he's running for mayor. And we're going to give that, that was only getting 5%. Now it grabs nine from over here and it's going to help this. The next year I can shift that towards, we got a brother, uh, 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 Demarai Deniran, and he's doing Deniran film. So we're going to put some support around the, the entertainment portion or Jack Knight in the, in the uh, 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 music industry or Kitty in the, people who are doing things that we, okay, we're going to put our support there the next year. And you're constantly using the same hundred percent of effort and energy and ability, but you're moving the percentages around to that which require. It's like raising a child. If I'm raising seven children and one child struggling in math, I'm going to put more focus on his math. The other child struggling in reading, I'm going to put more focus on their reading. Now the child who is struggling in math, who's good in reading can help me tutor the child in reading. And the child who was struggling in math that's doing good can now tutor the other sibling in math. Now I got those two working with the smaller ones. I can grab the older ones and give them some attention. That's what it requires. It's not, it's not monolithic. It's not singularity. It's not linear. It's overview. So you got to be able to do them all simultaneously and work together in doing it. Work together in doing it. Okay. So when, a per when you have people that's dealing with cognitive dissonance, as you mentioned, how does, well, first off, how does apathy even work in conjunction with um, cognitive dissonance? Because, well, yes. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would just say that apathy means that you get to a point where you say, I know what's going on, but oh, what the hell, ain't nothing you can do about it anyway. Didn't we do this before in the 60s and we lost? Look what happened. All the Black Panther people got exiled or they had to run away or they got jailed or they got killed. I ain't doing that. Frances Cress Wilson spoke about that. She said she spoke with a young boy. 
And she said, what's wrong with you? And he said, nothing. She said, well, why are you acting like this? Don't you want to, don't you want to do right? Don't you want to be, you know, like, like, like Dr. King? He said, no, I don't want to be like Dr. King and Malcolm. And she said, well, why you don't want to be like Dr. King or Malcolm? And she said, this eight, nine year old boy said, cause they got killed. So mm -hmm. if you are showing your children that, 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 that taking on this spirit leads to your death and demise, then the mind says, I'm going to reject that and go for the glitter and the gold looking thing, the fake gold, the fake silver, the platinum, the fake platinum. I'm going to go for what appears to be good mm -hmm. over what's real. That's apathy. And mm -hmm. apathy makes you say there's sympathy, which says, oh, man, that rock fell on your foot. That's messed up. I never had a rock fall on my foot, but it sure looks like it hurts. Empathy is, oh, the rock fell on your foot. Yeah, I broke my foot last year. I know that's got to hurt. Apathy is, yeah, the rock fell on your foot. I know it's got to hurt, but it ain't got nothing to do with me. That was a condition. That's part of the conditioning of slavery. That's part of the conditioning of Arab slavery, Indian enslavement, Oriental enslavement, and European enslavement, where you were taught and trained that you must turn a blind eye to the suffering of your own, because if you didn't, you're going to get the same. You know how mom used to say, you, you want some too? Like your brother or sister getting spanked and you peek in to see what's happening. Or oh, you want some too? Oh, shit, you close the door. Well, this is what that enslavement, that, that conditioning has done to us. We see what's happening. We know it's not right. But as long as it's not personally happening to us, Eric Garner's daughter, and she's passed on now. But she said when they killed her father, performed the Holocaust on her father, she said, I now know what everyone was talking about. You know, mm -hmm. uh, the, the Henry Gates, when he got arrested for climbing into his own house, he said, I now see what all the black men were always talking about. Unfortunately, cognitive dissonance and apathy work hand in hand. One says, I see it. I'm going to ignore it. The other one says, I see it. I don't like what I see. So I'm going to embrace the illusion. There are uh, aspects of each other. I would say mm -hmm. apathy is one of the components of cognitive dissonance. Everyone's cognitive dissonance doesn't appear the same. Some people's cognitive dissonance comes in red hair, blue hair, purple hair, pink hair. That's their cognitive dissonance. Mm -hmm. So they watched Storm from the X-Men and she went up in the sky mm -hmm. with Haley she had the, no, I'm serious, because after the X-Men movie, all of a sudden, black women started having all the colors in their hair. Rogue, yeah. Rogue had a streak of blue, green in her hair, and everybody ran out and got blue, green, purple, pink hair. It happens, right? So that's one form of cognitive, and black men nowadays, unfortunately, right? That's one form yeah. of cognitive. Uh -huh. That's that it came off that way. Another was the food. We know eating pork is not good for you. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows not good, not healthy. So what people do? Well, hey, I mean, meat, meat is meat. There's, there's bacteria in meat too. Now all of a sudden they're scientists. When you tell them don't eat pork, now they're scientists. That beef got bacteria too. Then somebody else says, yeah, but beef got it. But so does vegetables. And I'm saying, but how about we just raise our own food? Raise our own chickens, our own turkeys, our own uh, goats, our own sheep, our own cows, if that's what we eat. Raise our own collard greens and black eyed peas and corn and whatever it is we say we eat. Why don't we do that? A cognitive history says, I ain't got time. Them bugs, there be bugs outside. You say you come from Africa, North America, South America, and they've made you disconnect from being outside because you saw a, a butterfly or a potato bug or, or something. Oh, my God, bugs. Big grown men with muscles and guns will kill each other. Yo, gee, I'm a real G. I'm a real boss. You'll kill each other, but then you won't go outside and deal with killing a little, a little worm or something. They've disconnected us from nature. 
They've taken away our natural ability, and that's what leads to apathy. And then the cognitive dissonance says, well, the only way I'm going to survive is I must behave like the colonizer or the oppressor or the kidnapper or the enslaver, because when I behave like him, he needs, for his white fragility, he feels uncomfortable. A Caucasian will see this type of show. I don't like him. Listen to the stuff they're talking. <laughs> this is blatant. Because yeah. it be, if it, and, and, and a white lady taught us this, right? Her name is, uh, 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 um, what is her name? The older lady. Yes. Comes uh, uh, um, what is her name? And she constantly is telling the world, it'll come, obviously. You know, yes. But she comes home and she's talking and she's traveling around the world and she's telling people, hey, this is, do you see what's wrong? She comes on and she says, do you, how many of us white people would like to be treated the way our black and brown brothers are being treated? And mm -hmm. she's been doing this for as long as I've been alive. And then, mm -hmm. and yet her people, because they're dealing with a white fragility that says when I hear something that I don't like, mm -hmm. You follow? If I don't like what I'm hearing, then it must be wrong. Mm -hmm. And this is what now black people are suffering from. So if you tell a black woman wear their hair natural like you're wearing your hair, oh, you're trying to tell me if I don't wear my hair natural, there's something wrong with me. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. If you don't wear your hair natural, this. Uh, if I saw a lion with a perm, if you were going into a zoo on a safari and you was driving through and you seen this lion with this real slick perm laid out, you'd be like, what the who did that to the lion? Why would you do that? And if the lion said, oh, that's me. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay. The lion stood up. You'd be like, "Why would you do that? Who does that to a lion? <laughs> Who perms the right?" If when you, if, but if times have changed now. I know. I don't have options times now. Times have changed. That's true. I have seen women pushing a dog inside of a a, a, a a baby carriage. People, I have seen people dressing up their dogs in Fubu and Nike and, and Adidas outfits. Yes, times have changed. People are walking around with dogs, and they call them comfort dogs. People have dogs under. Their arms. And I'm not talking about the PTSD military soldiers who serve our countries. I'm talking about people, yes, are carrying dogs around and kissing dogs in the mouth because times have changed. People are laying up in their bedrooms with cats in their room because times have changed. People are walking around tattooing from their eyebrows to their lowbrow. Yes, because times have changed. What we're calling progress is regress. We are regressing and we are regressing to a point where we don't even recognize ourselves. The average person can take off their eyelashes, remove the lips. They got people who spend the morning, put all this together, put some tape. Then they with some airbrush. Then they take their lips and do this and then bring it down and put the nose over here and contour this. And then they walk outside and they put some glue around here and they drop this thing in. I'm like, what are we in an episode of Batman? What is this, Joker? And this is supposed to be, and then they, the neck is all dark here and the face is all white and they look like a powdered donut. No, I'm not, I'm not disrespecting. I'm saying, yes, something's wrong. If you, if I did that, if I came on this show tonight and I, and while we were talking, I started putting on my wig and while You'd be going, what is wrong with him? He's lost his mind. Okay, so if I did it and I lost my mind, but then if you do it, it's times have changed. Yes, times have changed. The insane are now running the asylum. The huh. European was the insane man from the ice caps. 
and he has come down amongst us and he has taken his insanity and he has transmutated it into our minds and now we are being in, we are we are we are suffering from his insanity we've contracted his disease and we are now behaving in an insane imagine if we can go back 200 years to any village of indigenous people around the world and took you as their descendants because everybody wants to do your gene ancestry.com and all this stuff so if we took your ancestry and went back 200 years and took you any of us myself included and dropped us in our village or our city or our town or location what would they think when they see us with this times have changed what would they they would look at you and go this one here is crazy sick this one's sick in the head yes they wouldn't even be saying it in english but they'd be saying he's sick in the head yes he has the disease yes he yes oh she's she has green hair She's green, green like the leaf. There's something wrong. No, we, this one we will quarantine. We will quarantine. If you walk through a village and you were tattooed from head to toe with a lip ring through here and here and through here and through the nose and through the end here and had two horns up here, they would look at you. You would look at you. Hell, if I walked around every day in a costume, people would look at me. Here he come again. Every day I'm going to walk out from now on every day in my Spider-Man outfit. Every day. The first time they see me, oh, he must be going to a party. But by week seven, they go, I'm watching people. I grew up at a time when Ronald McDonald's, the commercial, Ronald McDonald would come on with Hamburglar and Grimace, right? And they would come on with Hamburglar, always had the thing, the mask, he had the, the, the striped uniform. Ronald McDonald had the bright red, red hair with the white face. And, the, and now I'm walking around and see people dressing like Ronald McDonald, Hamburglar, and Grimace. And I'm supposed to act like that's normal. I'm supposed to tell myself that I'm seeing a crazy person and go, they're not crazy. Times have changed. This is part of the illusion. It's the illusion. They've normalized it. Okay. I'm not saying go tease nobody, right? Because everybody's not like me. I I, I just find the humor and some things that probably most people wouldn't find humorous. But unfortunately, if we are, and I need to know her name because it's bothering me, right? For, why would I forget it? But right, unfortunately, mm-hmm. we are at a day and time mm-hmm. that uh, um, if we don't face the reality and put away the white boy and white girl, the cognitive dissonance, the white fragility that now black people, we can't afford to suffer from cognitive dissonance. We can't afford, see, they can, the little white girl can walk around thinking she's a princess because she comes from a society that's going to protect that idea. Mm-hmm. But a little black girl can't walk around all day thinking she's a princess. She can dress up like the princess from the, the warrior, the, was it, the woman king or the, the princess. From the, she can do that at certain times, but we got to get her more, you know, to, 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 to behave like Doc McStuffin and become a doctor, right? We got to get her to become more like Claire Huxtable and become a lawyer. But if she's going to walk around as a grown woman, she can't. White woman, Rachel Dozier, got on TV and said, I'm black. And she was able to be accepted amongst us until we found out she wasn't. You, as a black melanin knight, cannot, I don't care how much you try, the way you look, your features, your hair, your shade of complexion, you can try all day to be white. And there's black people who will say, blacker than me, purple, purple, ebony, mahogany, mocha, cappuccino, looking like, you know what I'm saying, brownie, brownie, blacky, blacky, tanny, tanny. And they'll say, I'm not black. And you go, she's sick. You don't say, oh, you're not black? What are you? I'm white. You don't go, oh, this dark is a little young girl. She did it. You don't go, oh, no, she's normal. You go, she don't lost her mind. Something's wrong. 
So mm-hmm. we've got to start acknowledging when we see something wrong. You know how they say you see something, say something. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, people say, don't snitch. I'm snitching. I'm snitching. On okay. the <laughs> saying, you know, I know don't snitch in the hood, but this one, I got to say, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta say something's wrong. Oh okay. It's suffering from something. Okay, so it was Jane Elliott, by the way. Um, Thank you. Oh my gosh, bother me. <laughs> so, um, so then, because we said a lot. So this cognitive dissonance um, that you're speaking about—that that voice that always says, "Do it anyway. It doesn't matter." That's the little white boy and little white That's girl the programming. That's Hansel. That's Sleeping okay. Beauty. That's Snow White. That's Rapunzel. You got those stories read to you as a child. And if you didn't get it read to you as a child, you heard it in school. London Bridge is falling down. My fair. I, I skipped the verse. Some people say he skipped the verse. Right. That's the point. That's why I skipped the verse. To make you say, well, how'd you know I skipped the verse? Because the programming's been running since I was a kid and all the way through from one years old to age seven. And so by the time we reach the age of imagination, age seven, where we should have been imagining greatness in science and mathematics, we're now imagining FUBU. I'm old, right? or the latest whatever i don't know the red bottoms or whatever the latest fashion we started imagining that now you got little girls and boys twerking little kids mm-hmm. and people show them on TikTok. the little eight-year-old is twerking and it's oh my god look that's so cute that is not cute she's just eight years old she's not supposed to be twerking she's supposed to be learning about worms and, and learning about butterflies and learning about nature and learning how to sew and learning engineering and mathematics but she's twerking so if she's twerking at eight her mind starts to tumble into an adult world into a i can't even say adult world into a decadent world at eight years old what happens to him and her by the time they're 16 another young lady took her son and they do do the fake tattoos on the baby and they take them off and so that baby's going to grow a certain way and going to be a part of the very system that's going to destroy him or her and if i say something something's wrong to me so i say wrong with me and so we say well to the people who do that do you you have that right you have a right if you want to take a shotgun and aim it to your big foot and you aiming it i'm like yo that's your toe i know you're gonna, yeah. you're, gonna, you're gonna blow up your foot. No, it's my foot. You're right. Can I just move before you pull the trigger? Because I don't want the backlash from the from the pellets to hit me. Let me grab me and mine. And those who think like we think and want to do something, let's go over here and watch this this car wreck about to take place. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's okay. real. So, what would you say to a person who says, "Okay, Doctor Varma, I hear you. Mm. I hear you, but I, I need some time to to really, really, really." evaluate what you're saying. So how do I test this theory of little white girl and little white boy? How do I look at myself? How do I test this to see exactly what you're saying is taking place within myself? Very simple. Spend the next seven days, right? It's the challenge. You know, we always do the the ice bucket challenge. A white boy, white girl challenge. Be totally natural in your makeup. If you're a girl, Guys, please don't wear makeup, right? Let's try that, right? <laughs> if you <laughs> try that, right? Totally natural in your makeup. Mm-hmm. Only support black businesses for one week. One week. One week. Don't off? watch any. Well, you know, I'm just saying, you want to test it, so let's do a quick one okay. week. No makeup. No, no adverse makeup, right? Natural makeups. Natural hair, not natural extensions or natural inserts. Natural, natural, natural. Mama, mama gave you. Mama gave you makeup, right? Mama gave you hair, right? Mm-hmm. Only wear indigenous clothing from your culture, regardless of how many people might say something against it or tease you for the next week or month. If you so, uh, you, you want to really go for it, go do a month. Yes, support. Go reading only black books. 
So you're going to pick up Francis Cress Walson, Dr. Uh, uh, ben, Dr. Clark Van Sertimer, et cetera, Betty Shabazz, read their memoirs. You're not going to watch no love and hip hop. You're not going to, and, and you're not, and you're only going to do, you're going to go online to all the YouTube stations and find cultural foods from Africa, from the Caribbean, no white people food, no French fries, no burgers, no chocolate cake, no Snickers, no none, none of the stuff. You're going to give all, you're going you're gonna to do what's called a whiteout, right? George DeGruy calls it a whiteout. You're going to take all white, she does hers a little different, but I'm using the term and I will yes. call her respect, right? You're going to get rid of all things that are white in thinking. Mm. Show, we do a month, right? From the shows to the food, you're only going to cook culture food. You're not going to eat out at any any Chinese restaurant. Oh, oh no, no fried wings, right? No, no KFC, no, none of that crap. You're only, and you're not going to cop out and just make a bunch of vegetables, right? For my vegans and stuff. You're going <laughs> to make vegetables. You're going to make some real curry or real cultured food from North America, South America, Asia, Africa. You're going to get in cultured ingredients. You're going to try that for a month. And what you're going to find is something inside of you. Like, well, you know, is I can't find it in the regular store. So I got to go over here. You're going to make every excuse to go back. And then you will realize something in me is beckoning me to go back to slavery. Whenever uh -huh. you try independence, that program is running in the hippocampus area of the brain. The portion of the brain responsible for hallucinations, it will bring you back. It's always calling you back to slavery. Uh -huh. Come on. Come on back to the hood. Come, I don't mean the hood where we're from. I mean the mentality. Come on back to slavery. Come on back to mental enslavement. Come on. It's, it's, it's your body. You have a right to wear what you want. Men, take off the skinny pants for a little bit. Take a, just try it. Try to let your, your, your privates breathe. I know yeah. we're on that, right? <laughs> try it. Women, try, try. Try. No tight clothes. Sisters, try just to wear nice long dresses for one month. One, one month. Everything you're going to wear is strictly dresses. Strictly clothes. It's not all tight. And you're going to start, first of all, you're going to get respect from people, but then you're going to start hearing the back. And your family and friends go, what's, what's, what's wrong with you? Were you Muslim now? What, you don't lost your mind? What happened to you? Why are you dressing like that? And you realize not just how you feel, why do the people around you reject a culture from which they've come? That's the little white boy, little white girl. Because if I go to a, a, out to Iowa or Nebraska, or Texas around the white kids there who are wearing their country western boots and their country western hats and they've got their big jeeps and their Dixie flag. They not they don't reject theirs. Hmm. You understand? And and, yeah. and and our president Biden in America, what did he say recently? He said white racism, white supremacy is a plague to the country, and he's got to do everything he can to stop it. And da 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 da. da. So they're holding true to their thing. Why are you afraid mm -hmm. to hold true to yours? Lord, is the little white girl inside of me and you, the little white boy inside of me and you, is it that that little person has been programmed to take over our imagination? We can't imagine what it would be to be natural 24-7. We can't imagine what it would be to think for ourselves and just have everything for who we are from our perspective. And that's what we as the Holy Coptic Church of the Black Messiah that I represent today, that's what we are saying. We're going to take back our mind. If I don't have it, my mother used to always say, I'm going to do the one thing no one can take from you is your brain. Only death. You use your brain. She said, the problem with black people, she's one of those mothers, is we don't use our brain. We use our, and she'll say ASS. Uh -huh. We use that. Yeah. We got to use your brain. So I'm saying we are choosing those who are like me or, or who perhaps may become more like us in time, or I may become more like them. We're saying, I want the right. 
I'm not asking for the right. I'm taking back control of my brain, my mind. If I'm going to fail, it's going to be a failure based off of my mind, not what Mm -hmm. someone else has put in my mind. And Mm -hmm. I challenge every sister and brother who may hear this broadcast to say to yourself, you're going to lose on your terms, not because you're following someone else's playbook. If I'm on the Giants and I'm going to use the playbook from San Francisco, they're going to know everything we're doing and that we're going to lose. So I'm saying I'm going to lose on my terms, using my mind, based off of my culture, my people, my scholars, people who look like me and care like me. If you are so inclined, accept the challenge. If not, go over there, stand over there and keep complaining about what they do to you and enjoy slavery. That's all we can say. Mm, okay, two more questions. So it's time, time. We are coming to, um, we're nearing the end of this segment today. So one, someone says, okay, I'll take the challenge. I'm going to do it 30 days. Boom. Now they realize that you got a point. You know, you got a point. I, I do hear that voice and it is fighting me. So now what? The, what's the next step? What do they do? You find your way to the Holy Coptic Church of the Black Messiah. You find your way to the Nation of Islam under the most honorable minister, Louis Farrakhan. You find your way to some conscious organization that's not just talking it, but doing it. And if you don't feel they're doing it right, then you come together with those who think like you and y'all do something. Do something. Get involved. Join the SCLC. Join the NAACP. Join the Rainbow Push. Join the National Action Network. Join some Black organization that's trying to do something or form your own. But to sit and do nothing will guarantee our demise. Get involved. If you can't join an organization, start an after-school program for kids in your neighborhood. If you know how to play chess, teach them chess. If you know how to play the piano, go and volunteer. Teach the kids after school how to play piano. If you know how to shoot a basketball, coach the team. If you know how to go fishing, join the boy, uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, or Boys and Girls Club. Do something. Everyone can do something. Everyone can do so. And if you can't do nothing, then contribute finances to these organizations. If you don't have no finances, then make a sandwich and drop it off when they're out there trying to fight for you. Do something. You can do something. You can do something. All it takes for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. So to all my good people, I say, stop doing nothing. Do something. Get involved. Try what we're saying. If you don't like my brand of of oatmeal, then make your own. Okay. Okay. You know what? I'll save the rest of my questions. I'm praying that we can get you back on again. I know we got off to a fast start, um, but hopefully we can, you know, narrow this, narrow down the conversation and the different questions that we have coming in from the chat. I want to um, give you first the opportunity to give any website, contact information, any upcoming events, any, anything that you want the audience to be aware of. Well, we every year, the Holy Coptic Church of the Black Messiah, we have what's called our International African Holocaust Month. It goes from October 1st to October 31st, much like the Jews of Israel, the state of Israeli, just much like the, the Japanese with Hiroshima and Nagasaki, just like the Chinese with the Malin uh, massacre. We say that our massacre or our Holocaust has not ended. So we have a program. It's four weeks uh, this year. It's uh, October 8th. October 15th, October 22nd, and October 29th. Each week, 
Um, it's about a three and a half hour event. We have speakers from all around the world. We have Guy Janty, the doctor, clinician of psychiatry. We have uh, Dr. Elaine Ferguson, a medical doctor. We have Dr. Nicole Ford. She's a clinician in psychology uh, counseling. We have uh, Jack Knight. He's a musician and been in the industry, a former writer with Bad Boy Records. We have uh, uh, Philippe Matthews. A lot of people listening, I'm sure, are familiar with Philippe Matthews. In fact, I saw him here on the Jewels for Life uh, uh, podcast, yeah. the, the the vantage point a few weeks back. Uh, we have different speakers. We have uh, from London, we have uh, a gentleman named Dr. Horace Wright. Um, we have uh, from the UAE, we have people from all around the world, right? Trinidad, Bahamas, et cetera. And it's a program I'm telling people it's going to be almost like back in the day, maybe over a decade ago, Tavis Smiley used to do a program called the State of Black, the Black Union. And we kind of are looking at what he did and just trying to do it the best that we can. We don't have what he has and his his expertise and his knowledge, but we're putting it forth and it, it allows people to tune into the program. We tell them go to www.journeyhomegroup.com. One of the weeks, the panelists will be having questions asked to them and each will have about eight or nine minutes to explain one week is uh are you addicted to the beat you know the this music and, and and media enslave the minds and so we're bringing people media personalities music personalities from the music industry to discuss it another week we're talking about miseducation as far as the educational systems so we're bringing in the educators those that are school teachers professors another week we're talking about the um psychosis that we're suffering from so it's the type of program that that we, we tell people, make your children attend, attend it with them. So you begin to have the discussions, because as you said earlier, as we're trying to fight the little white boy, little white girl inside, we may not always have all the information that's needed. And then we end up trying to self-medicate. So we would tell anyone, if you want information about it, so you don't have to self-medicate, go to www.journeyhomegroup.com journeyhomegroup.com. Click on the link that says International African Holocaust Month. Then there's those of you who have relatives that have been falsely imprisoned, relatives that have died because of medical malpractice. We have one of the week's medical apartheid that's still happening. And all of these things that are taking place. So we have what's called the Wall of Remembrance. And you go to the Journey Home Group site, click on Wall of Remembrance. You'll see the email. Send the email of your relative, what happened to them. So it goes on this wall. And during that day, it'll be aired all you know from all around the world people will be able to see it and after that day it'll still be there it'll be linked to the facebook pages the youtube pages and this is something we do and it's a big event and we tell people the tickets are only seven dollars uh for each week or 25 dollars for all four weeks it's something we our church uses that funding uh, and we say church mosque synagogue call us what you will and it allows us to take what we're doing and keep growing it we also have tree of eternal life stores that will be sponsoring it and that's a natural uh uh, herb and foods and and meats and, and and vegetarian and things we grow and crops and seafood wild court etc and we put these little markets tree of eternal life stores in london uh in in greenville south carolina rens georgia liberia west africa trinidad and tobago and so we're out and about we're doing what we can because everyone has something to offer but we won't know what that is until you offer it so we offer what we can and we tell people support that again at journeyhomegroup.com if you can please put it someone can put Put it in the chat room or, or add it to, to thank you so much so that people can actually see what we're doing uh get involved in what we're doing and, and check us out you might find that we have a lot more in co common than you think or you might 
offer to, you know, you might give us something we didn't consider, or we might give you something you didn't consider. And no matter which one of us melanated people win, whoever wins, whoever gets through the door and shows us, we all replicate it. I'm from New York. We bum rush the party. So the nation of Islam wins. We all going to be nation of Islam. If the Hebrew Israelites win, we all, whatever wins, we, we don't got to knock each other. I had to fight any black woman or black man is trying to do something for our people. And whichever one works, I'm gonna piggyback off of that and work. I don't I want to use the word piggyback, which I get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Right? Whichever thing works, we're gonna use that same thing. And, and so I thank everybody for for being a part of this today. And I thank you, Sister Azandi, and, and the Righteous Jewels podcast, the Jewels for Life, and the Vantage Point. Um, it's my honor to be here, and I look forward. To, hopefully, if you all can bring me back, it'll mm-hmm. be my honor. Of course, yes, we are so glad to have you today, and um, we thank our listeners for tuning in. I want to reiterate please visit the website that Dr. Farmer has mentioned, support um, the Holy Coptic Church International, support their ministries, and um, take the challenge. Those of our listeners who've seen us or been with us from the beginning, we always try to pose a question or to give a challenge, and so we challenge you to at least test the theory and see, because I'm going to try it. I know I'm going to test it. Um, And I will be back in a month with my analysis. And we want you to come back a month from now. I'll mark the date and come back and comment. We'll do something that um, matches this conversation and see exactly what your results was, what your thoughts was, and direct you from there. So we want to thank everyone for tuning in. I am Mazanzi of Righteous Jewels. This has been The Vantage Point. And until next time, peace. Peace.